Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that may be helpful to accomplish our purpose. Yeah, welcome back to the B-Side Podcast. My name is John Robinson. I'm one of the pastors here at Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. My name is Matt Luloyan, and good to be back with you after a couple-week break. And joining us today is Rachel Morehouse, a member of Liberty Church and uh, someone who's been uh, involved in loving and serving and caring for refugees in central Pennsylvania these past few years. Uh, As we mentioned uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, the last B-Side of 2020, um, during this January focused on mercy and justice issues, uh, we're going to have some special guests on our B-Side podcast, uh, folks from our church um, who are going to be here to share a little bit of their own uh, journey and experiences as, the, as God has uh, so moved in their heart to, um, to lead them into involvement um, in, in the areas that we're looking at uh, this year. Um, so yeah, this morning, first Rachel. week, yeah, good morning. Good morning. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on, Matt, John. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, great. For, thanks for coming. Yeah, great to have you. Great to have you. And it uh, worked out well. Adam was able to like uh, hang out with Silas doing math this morning, and yes. you're uh, able to come over and record a podcast. That's right. We'll what you always thought you would do in, in 2021. I have never done this before. It's a first for everything. <laughs> and you did tell Adam this is an all-day process. And so, yep, yeah. I'm just heading to the spa. After- no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you Yeah, again for coming. Um, we've got we've kind of have a couple of questions for you. I want to kind of dig in a little bit. Um, know that we can't cover everything, but we would love to just kind of hear your heart on uh, on the issue of, of refugee ministries. Yeah, great. Yeah, maybe that's a great place to start. Um, how how did you um, see God work in your life and, and um, move your heart to give you um, this care, this love for for refugees and immigrants here in in our country? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I have, uh, my first job out of college was um, teaching English in Japan, mm-hmm. so I had the experience of being a minority, which I think is pretty rare for Americans, um, and it definitely gave me some, uh, just a sense of perspective mm-hmm. on how every small thing is challenging when you don't know how a different system works. Yeah. And um, then after I came back from Japan, I also taught English for World Relief um, mm-hmm. in the Chicagoland area. Okay. Yeah. And so there, it was interesting because I was in the role of English teacher, mm. um, but my students would bring in a lot of sort of life issues mm. that were getting in their way. Huh. And it was very difficult for me because I needed to do a lesson on, you know, where where can I find a shirt, right? Like yeah. that was the material <laughs> yeah. for the day, but yeah. they had childcare issues or they had, huh. you know, grief. Mm. Um, and mm. so, yeah, I think... Um, it's been really meaningful for me to be able to be present in the life of a new a new family here in whatever way they need, hmm. rather than feeling sort of, um, you know, pigeonholed into a particular role in their life. Yeah. I can just go be there and kind yeah. of see what's going on. Yeah. No, no objectively, like, you have to teach this. Right. Yeah. I mean, That's they right. do, they, most people do need language instruction when they come here, but there mm-hmm. are some programs set up for them to be able to access that if that's a need. Yeah. Um, and then there are just so many other little things along the way that nobody's really a, a established to help them with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, 
What was um, your kind of connection to uh, refugees and immigrants here in central Pennsylvania? You guys have been here at least five years yep, plus five now. Yeah, just over okay. five years. Okay. That's right. And then um, four years ago, when my youngest went to kindergarten, I suddenly found that I had a little bit of free time for the hey. first time in eight years. <laughs> um, I was a stay-at-home mom uh, when my kids were little. And so when Silas went to kindergarten, I just felt like the world opened up a little bit for our <laughs> yeah. ministry beyond yeah. my immediate family. And so I was already thinking about, like, what would be a good use of my time? What mm. would um, sort of match some of my passions? Yeah. And it's really interesting because Liberty was the very first church that we visited when we arrived in central Pennsylvania. Yeah. And um, Adam had kind of checked it out online. And he said, uh, you know, they have a good website <laughs> and they align with our doctrine. So let's yeah. go. Yeah. And there was a flyer on the chair for one of the very first meetings at West Shore Free Church oh, wow. when they were just beginning their refugee ministry. Yeah. And so um, I kind of picked it up, tucked it in my bag, and I was like, hmm. And then um, the next week, we actually visited West Shore yeah. because yep. we had some good friends that go there. Yeah. And there was a flyer on the chair. Same and flyer. I was like, I feel like <laughs> God is tapping on my heart here. <laughs> so uh, funny thing, it's a little bit of a, of a tangent, but um, I got the time wrong. And I showed up half an hour early to that launch meeting. Huh. And guess who was holding the room? Was it Terry Fisher? It was Terry, Terry Fisher. Fisher. I, you know what? Yes, I remember that meeting. That, man, that was That's five years ago. And it was wow. so awkward for me. I was like, yeah. hello. <laughs> Are you like doing refugees? I was like, yes. And of course, Terry is just such a warm and wonderful oh, yeah. presence. And That's great. So I was talking with him there, and I just kind of got wrapped in. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I explained very well a minute ago, but what they were doing was they were beginning to launch a partnership hmm. with Catholic Charities who yeah, resettles okay. refugees in the Harrisburg and surrounding areas. Yeah. And so it was just in its infancy there. Hmm. And I got to kind of watch it begin to grow and hmm. develop, and I met Ellen Schaefer, who was establishing okay. these welcome teams. Yeah. And the, the purpose of a welcome team, it's like four to five families or eight to ten individuals who kind of come around that family when they first arrive and provide support in all of these mm -hmm. less defined ways. Mm -hmm. Because the formal support that Catholic Charities offers lasts about three to six months. Okay. So if you can imagine um, kind of jumping in with both feet and yeah. just having yeah. such a limited time frame, there's a lot to learn. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, was how, that was how I began to get involved. And then the, the family that I became most attached to, um, it was kind of an informal thing because they uh, West Shore had done two welcome teams okay. for the first two families they were able to do. And then they didn't have more volunteers trained yet, but Catholic Charities reached out and said, hey, we've got somebody else coming in, and there was a glitch with their housing. Mm -hmm. So what had happened was normally they, they find an apartment, they um, furnish it for them with secondhand items from their warehouse, and then they have that ready when the family comes okay. in. I don't know if there was a miscommunication between the um, the refugee camp or just you know not ability to get that apartment ready. But anyway, they reached out to Ellen Schaefer and they asked her, "Can anyone in your network give them like a couple days of housing?" Yeah. When they arrive, and so she put that email out to the network. And um, we didn't have an extra room at that time, so we weren't able to host them. Yeah. But I replied to it and I said can I do anything else? Hmm. And so she said, yeah, bring dinner. Hmm. Um, so hmm. the way I met the family that I've been most involved with was I showed up and I knocked on the door of a family huh. in Mechanicsburg 
um, who I'd never met before. Yeah. And they said, come on in. And I went upstairs to their guest room yeah. and just, you know, knocked on the door. Yeah. Um, and I brought my kids with me. I had my kids. I had, like, cooked a chicken because I didn't even know what country they were from. Yeah. They said yeah. they're from somewhere in Africa. Okay. And they have kids. Yeah. Okay. It was all I knew. Which is, that's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of places in Africa. There's a lot of people Absolutely. Yeah, that's and like, I was like, be, yeah. will they like chicken? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. don't know. So yeah. I made chicken. Yeah. And I made some vegetables that, that in the end they had never ever seen, but <laughs> I didn't. They didn't tell me that until years later. And then I brought a bunch of fruit because yeah. everybody likes fruit, sure. right? Yeah. So, and then I brought my kids, and I think we had like a hacky sack and some little chocolates. Cause I was trying to think, what's yeah. you know largely fun? Yeah. That's um, so thoughtful. Yeah. Well, it was just a it was a shot in the dark, you know. Yeah. I just was like, I I'll try it. And I knocked on the door, and the uh, the door was thrown open, and I saw this big smiling face. Sorry, mm. the fi- the smile was big. The face wasn't big. <laughs> I saw the smiling face, and um, the dad and the family. He says to me, "Welcome." Wow! Wow! And I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. He has been here 24 hours. Wow. He's staying in the guest room in somebody else's home. Yeah. He has no idea, like, what huh. he just landed in. And he is saying to me, hmm. welcome. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, these are going to be my people. Yeah. Huh. Wow. And so, um, wow. you know, I, I saw a flashback uh, kind of mentally when I was thinking about this of that guest room. There were, like, extra mattresses on the floor hmm. because they had three little kids at the time. And then their girls, um, they were wearing these bright, frilly dresses. They'd been given some money to buy a new outfit to yeah. go to the U.S. And yeah. they were wearing like bright yellow, red, and um, dresses and just jumping around on the mattresses with my kids. Hmm. And there was this immediate like uh, spirit of play hmm. between yeah. them. And so I was actually really thankful that I brought yeah. the kids along because yeah. it was it was like a barrier breaker there. Yeah, that's so that's good. And just even, it's encouraging to me too. I mean, the you know, you you wrote a great reflection that's on our website too, and sharing some of these same these same things, um, how you, your journey into to caring for refugees. But you, and you mentioned there too, like the qualifications to be to be involved really aren't all that extensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have some additional ones with your background in teaching English mm-hmm. to people that the, their first language is not English, mm-hmm. but um, really the qualifications are an openness of heart to mm-hmm. people and some, some time and yeah. just your, that, that kind of initiation you did to, to kind of say, Hey, is there anything else I can do? Mm-hmm. Um, I, when you were saying that, it just struck me, you know, often for, for us in America, we, we kind of tag that onto a lot of our comments for people once they're going through a hard situation. We say, Hey, let me know if there's anything else I can do. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty rare, at least in my experience that, that someone, if you leave it that open-ended, mm-hmm will actually say, like, yeah, actually, there is something you can do. Here's right. something yeah. very practical and tangible. Right. But, man, um, just op- just saying that normal question that I think we mean when we say most mm-hmm. of the time, but we put it out there. If you put it out there to folks that are newer to our area, usually there is something pretty immediate right. that right. you can do. Absolutely. And, and just that initiation gives you, like, a, a, an open door right, right into someone's life. Yeah, there is. And there's a lot of different ways for people to be involved because, you know, maybe you're not comfortable cooking dinner for someone from another place. Mm. Or maybe you um, you you uh, just aren't really sure how to start interacting. Mm. But if you can make an offer that you are comfortable with, mm. like, do you need a ride to the grocery store? Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Um, do, do, you, do you want me to, like, walk your kid to the park so mm. that you can have this other meeting or something like right. that? Yeah. 
Um, there are just almost an infinite w number of ways that someone can be involved, hmm. even if they're more comfortable behind the scenes. Hmm. And then I think, um, you know, people are really, really thankful hmm. to have an American friend, just to hmm. have a contact here, yeah. because yeah. most of them are coming to a place where they don't have extended family. Yeah. There may or may not be a community here already of people from the, the country that yeah. they originated in. Um, and it takes time to build those connections. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to have a friend you can call. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, that's so important. What you know, kind of how you were talking about that, Rachel, it just reminds me of the ways in which like Jesus taught us to disciple people mm -hmm. um, is to, as you are going, make mm -hmm. disciples. So like as you're going to the grocery store, mm -hmm. bring someone along with you. As you're going to the park, you know, invite them along. And so the, building those kind of relationships um, doesn't always have to be this extra thing that you're adding right. on. It's more of an invitation to somebody, um, which is caring for them, is mm -hmm. loving them, is, is showing them the hospitality that mm -hmm. uh, that Christ shows us. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I always, you know, we always think about like, man, like doing this is going to add so much more to my mm -hmm. plate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but as you, you've kind of even described, it's, it's not necessarily adding to your plate when you're inviting them along to do some of the things that we maybe and wrongfully assume are um, not helpful or not this extra step. Like mm -hmm. taking someone to the grocery store with you uh, may involve going and picking them up. Right. Mm. But you're still going to go to the grocery store. You're still going to do your shopping. Mm -hmm. The conversations that can happen while you're shopping, mm -hmm. um, you know, helping them navigate oh, new labels foods. and foods. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's really true, John. And I think that people can tend to um, worry about the time issue a lot. Like, I don't know where to fit this in. Yeah. Hmm. But getting involved with a family who is newer in this country, it can be whatever time you have to offer. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I think it, it will take a little effort, right? A yeah, little right. bit of extra time. Right. Yeah. But that can be, you know, a weekly contact or a monthly contact. Yeah, right. That family is still going to have an enormous appreciation for... Um, the 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 offer that you're making right. to, to mm -hmm. be in relationship with mm -hmm. them. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Good. Even even so, like along those lines, um, you know, some of the joys that you've experienced, um, maybe even some of the sorrows, because um, I'm sure not every situation and not every uh, moment with with someone else is is all highs. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some some difficult times as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it's important to be to be willing to be a little uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, hmm. I don't like to be uncomfortable. Like, do you? <laughs> I, I don't. I'm, no. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of want to know what to expect yeah. when I'm entering into a situation and have things go according to plan. Yeah. Um, but you know, I can think of a time when I showed up for what I thought was just going to be a brief check-in. And um, the family I was visiting was preparing, like, a very large meal. Hmm. And they said, we're having a party. <laughs> Please stay. Yeah. And I'm like, How do oh. I turn that down? Yeah, That's like, yeah, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I thought this yeah. was going to be, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and, like, they're just starting the food. Yeah. Um, okay. And so yeah. I, I did. And in that instance, I was able to stay. Yeah. But then there was like an hour where we were kind of sitting around hmm. not being able to talk very much because we were newer in language hmm. development. And I 
I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was also okay. Yeah. Because I could just sit on their couch and play with their toddlers and kind of like ask toward the kitchen, can I help with anything? And they kept saying no. And then, you know, out comes tea. And so we're going to drink some tea. Yeah. And then later we're going to eat. Yeah. And it was it was lovely. Mm. And I think that it meant a lot to them to mm. be able to host. Yeah. Um, mm. To be, because there's a desire for reciprocity. And mm. I don't think that it, it, um, mm. You know, it's going to be a rela- if you want to be a relationship, we have to yeah. also accept back yeah. some love in the way that people can offer, yeah, um, or the way that they want to offer. Right. That's really good. Yeah, saying when you said that, that that the the um, passage that came to mind is um, where Jesus and the disciples go to Peter's house, and his mm-hmm. mother-in-law is there, mm-hmm. and she's sick, and he heals her, and she immediately gets up and like starts serving. Oh yeah, and it's always that awkward passage where you're like. Did he just like heal someone <laughs> as in a very self-serving way so that like he could like but it but when you really like, look at it did she want to make dinner or did she just feel like oh this is what I have to do now Yeah that's right it's right. like I I yeah. think I think what that was is like it it kind of restored dignity to mm. the fact that she could she right. could do something that that she felt like was a contribution and a mm-hmm. and it like let her live out some of who she was and her mm-hmm. identity and I think that's receiving the hospitality from these families is, is so important as well. And not sure. it being that one-sided, that one-sided relationship. So, and, yeah. and that's even, um, easier is the wrong word. Cause it's still very uncomfortable to have to go to a, an unfamiliar place and mm-hmm. receive and not know like, what are the, am I about to break like, you know, a dozen customs sure, and, and sure. maybe, maybe, right, right. um, but they tend to be, uh, families that are here from other countries in my experiences tend to be very gracious in that regard. Too. That's what I was just going to say. They have so much great. I have been offered so much grace, hmm. um, in my bumbling attempts. <laughs> and I remember one day, um, I was, I was dropping off a chair. Hmm. It was like a living room chair hmm. and I had a narrow window of time. I feel like I've already said this before, this conversation. Like, I could tend to rush around. But anyway, so I dropped off this chair, and the the family member said, um, please stay for tea. And I said, oh, I can't today. I'm in a hurry. And we, uh, they kind of walked me out of the house. And then my friend stopped me before I left. And I was so thankful that he did this because there was enough safety for him to say, you know, Rachel, when you don't stay for tea, I think there's a problem between us. And he was smiling, showing me that he knew that wasn't my understanding. Hmm. But he was telling me, you know, something about his culture. Hmm. And I, my eyes flew open and I laughed a little bit. And then I said, oh, when I say that I'm not staying for tea, it's because I'm not thirsty. Uh-huh, yeah. And we <laughs> yeah, just kind of yeah. stood there on the sidewalk and laughed. <laughs> and I left anyway. Yeah. I'm ashamed to say, you know, I, I've got someplace to be. Sure, yeah. Um, but there was just a lot of a lot of warmth in that exchange hmm. where yeah. he was able to say, like, you know, you kind of messed up here. Hmm. But we see your intent and we yeah. love you anyway. Hmm. That's great. That's really good. Yeah. You talked about in your reflection, which I really appreciated, like, two two lessons that that really will grate against like you know um a common american outlook on life two things that that you've learned a lot have been um uh, flexibility mm-hmm. and uh efficiency mm-hmm. like the like we're we're like a hyper efficient you know make every minute count right. Right. so we're like okay you know we can be here for this window and it's got to sure. be it's going to be 20 minutes and yeah. you talked a little bit about flexibility already too with like showing up one day and it was a party yeah all of a sudden now this this quick visit sure. a multi-hour thing right um 
Anything in particular that you found uh, helpful in that regard? Just in, Is it just kind of like dive in and just, just expect that, that God's going to use the circumstances to, to make you more flexible and make you, you know, um, challenge your perspective on, on efficiency or any, anything that's been helpful for you and your family as you've navigated that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, to me, it's really important that the family be in the driver's seat. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm not going over there to bring about an agenda that I have. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm trying to show up to say, what's it like hmm. today, yeah. and what do you need? Yeah. A lot of times, I might be heading to their home with a certain thing, you know, a certain item in mind. Sure. Yeah. That I thought we needed to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not their parent, you know, I, you mm, know, I'm yeah. a friend. Yeah. So if the agenda changes at the time, then, then that's okay because yeah. I was still able to do what I was able to do. Yeah. And then I think for me, there's a tendency to, I can get a little bit overwhelmed because I'm like, but we still didn't do this other application. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that I am not responsible for this mm. family. I am a relationship, yeah. I, you know, and yeah. I, I'm going to do good. what I'm able to do. And I yeah. think that, so there's a balance where I want to be flexible to what they need, but it's also fine to say, I can't do that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I can't do that at all, but maybe this other friend can yeah. fill in. Yeah. And that's where it's so incredibly valuable to have a team of people mm-hmm. um, around you where you can kind of tag tag team and yeah. trade off if there's something that you're not really good at doing. Yeah. Like my husband, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to have my husband take a female friend to a doctor's appointment. Sure. That's just culturally, that's just not appropriate. It's uncomfortable. But I do love being able to be a partner with him in ministry because, I mean, he's really good at moving furniture (laughs) and he can have these engagements with, um, with the male, male, uh, members of the, of the family with everyone really, because it's, it's a healing and an affirming thing to sort of demonstrate how we can be respectful, appropriate, and polite mm. um, to yeah. members of different genders. Absolutely. Yeah. And then with the kids, too. I mean, mm. they just love they just love playing with yeah. everybody. That's cool. That's really cool that your whole family's been able to do that together, too. That's yeah, cool. and I think I, I will go by myself sometimes when yeah. I can, because yeah. let's be honest, American efficiency. <laughs> we, right, right. Sometimes we really yeah. do need to get some things taken care for of. Sure. For sure. Yeah. But I love Paperwork it. days, especially, that's I'm right. sure. That's <laughs> yeah, I love it when we can go together. Yeah, that's great. That is great. Yeah, we, uh, we would strongly encourage you to check out Rachel's uh, written reflection on our website. Uh, one other thing that um, it's also on uh, our website as well, linked to this article that I thought just really puts uh, frames this well in terms of the moment that we're in right now. It was an article written in November, just a couple months ago, by Matthew Sorens, who uh, works with World Relief, the organization mm-hmm. you mentioned a little earlier, Rachel. Um, and it's, uh, it's called, The U.S. Will Reopen to Refugees. Is the U.S. Church Ready? Mm-hmm. And especially as we think now, we're about a couple weeks out from an administration change, and the numbers have been historically very low this last four years. The numbers of refugees admitted to the U.S. is going to go up, and, and mm-hmm. maybe as much as... It's possible it could go up almost a thousand percent. Yeah, depending I saw numbers on, over a hundred thousand. Right? Over that, that yeah, because it was um, the historically low number uh, last year was just under twelve thousand. The ceiling was set at eighteen thousand, but the actual number was closer to twelve. Uh, the ceiling could potentially move 
um, Joe Biden had said he, he committed to up the ceiling to 125,000. So if it actually does go to That's that, amazing. it would be an almost 1,000% increase. Mm -hmm. All that to say, um, regardless of where you land on things politically, there's going to be a huge new opportunity of, of new immigrants and refugees coming to the United States. Mm -hmm. A lot of the infrastructure for that, including nonprofits, mm -hmm. Uh, has has had to pivot radically over the last four years with the low numbers. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a lot of need to rebuild the infrastructure for, for families that are welcoming people. Mm -hmm. And so it's a huge, it's going to be a huge need. And, and I think I go back to a James Meisner article that he writ, wrote several years ago about the, uh, the gospel opportunity that this is, where yeah. we talk about being world Christians and reaching the unreached and how when refugees and immigrants come, like that's the world that comes here. Mm -hmm. And what an opportunity for, for us as the church to show up and in both our, our actions and our deeds and in also our words as we build relationships with people to share the love and the good news of Christ. So we'd, we'd commend those articles to you um, just to, to help prepare you uh, and our church and others um, to welcome people that, that come as the numbers go up. Yeah, I agree. And actually, one of my hesitations in moving to central Pennsylvania was that I had this perception that hmm. the area was not very diverse. <laughs> sure. And I really wanted my children to grow up in mm -hmm. a place where it was normal for them to interact with people of different backgrounds. Yeah. And then, you know, to find that actually that there's quite a lot of diversity here was yeah. so encouraging. Yeah. yeah. And in this phase of my life when I can't travel easily. I don't, I don't even mean COVID. I just mean like family stage. Yeah, um, yeah. It's wonderful that people are literally like in our neighborhoods and next door and they are around. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it is an amazing opportunity for the church because, um, you know, there, there are some different views on people who are undocumented coming to the U.S. Sure. But I think it's important to understand that someone who arrives as a refugee is actually invited to yes. come and settle here mm -hmm. and become a member of our society. They immediately have immigration documents and mm -hmm. a social security number. Yep. And they have been extremely highly vetted. Yeah. So that these process are people, is a, is a, it's a tough process it's intense. to get through. And, yeah. you know, my friends, um, they waited four years hmm. in the Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya hmm. wow. to be able to be admitted to the yeah. U.S. Wow. And I've heard stories of much longer waits than that. Yeah. So um, hmm. in terms of church response, it really it doesn't need to have a political flavor to it. Yeah. These are people who have already been invited by our government and yeah. are documented. And yeah. we should just embrace them. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, well, Rachel, really great having you in today. Hey, yeah, thanks, thanks so much. much. Thanks so much for sharing some of your life and experience. Absolutely. I have yeah. so many more stories I could tell. I would love to chat with anybody who is interested in just hearing more about it or exploring ways that they might be able to get involved. There is a lot of need and there's a lot of space for really whatever gifts you have to offer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah grateful for, for you, your heart, your, your family's time and, and work in this and... Uh, mm. Yeah, we'll continue to pray that God continues to work in, in, in this region and in the lives of those who are coming here uh, as, as refugees, people who are you know, needing and having to leave their country, mm -hmm. sometimes not by choice, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and that we can, we can welcome them as, mm -hmm. as Christ welcomes us. So grateful for you guys in, in doing that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, good to be with you guys today, and uh, look forward to the rest of this month as we continue to... Ask God to move in our hearts and give us uh, to make us people of, uh, of His mercy and justice in the world. Yeah, yeah, good to be with you guys. We'll see you next week.